Hello everyone and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 34. Uh, this is Alternate Universe Ryan. The real Ryan could not answer the phone because they're dead. Uh, with me is my co-host Alan Ibrahim. I'm ready for my dark, depressing turn, and I'm ready to um, culturally appropriate <laughs> everything. Let's do this. Uh, we are Fireside Friends. We are a pop culture question mark podcast that talks about games, movies, short stories, etc. We pick something every episode and just talk about it. Uh, today we have a guest. We have uh freelance writer and just general cool person uh jennifer uncle hey there how's it going yeah how you doing doing all right uh pretty excited to talk about this (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah uh thanks for coming on the show you had us take a break from persona 5 to talk about an actual good video game uh called don't take an avert suddenly babe uh it ain't your story is that it yep uh, by Christine Love. Um, and uh, yeah, do you all just want to jump into it? Sure. Okay. And that sounds great. All right. Uh, Jennifer, do you want to talk about a little bit about like your sort of history with this game? Because you suggested this, um, your sort of history and why you decided to talk about this game. Sure thing. So this game came out at an interesting time in my life where... I was pretty much the only, it seemed like the only student who hadn't figured things out in my school, like uh, most of my classmates and people that were on the same swim team as I was on, uh, they seemed to have people that they were going out with and dating, and I kind of felt like the odd person out because I didn't really feel like I could feel affection for anyone or just there was just something alien to me about the idea of relationships in general and I ended up playing this and something about the way that Nolan and Akira ended up getting together felt it just made a light switch sort of snap in my head like oh okay I I get it now. I feel the mm. same way about people. <laughs> and mm. it's basically the moment that I realized I was queer, more or less. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I forgot about a lot of the other things in this game, so so replaying it has made me think of a number of... I mean, replaying it has been this moment of, oh yeah, a lot of this stuff that felt natural to me, like the internet lingo and the kind of cold and cavalier way people talk about other people feels really mm. gross now, but mm. yeah, that, it was interesting to go back and see that essentially. Mm-hmm. Alan, this is your first time playing as it is mine. Uh, what did you think of it? It actually, I think the fact that the language used feels very juvenile and in our current day and age, very dated um, specifically like the slurs that people use uh, back and forth a lot. Um, mm. And just like the, the age of the characters, all of that contributed to it feeling like this was extremely a game that came out when I was in high school. Uh, and I see a lot of like my friends in these characters and the way that they speak to each other. But despite that, um, I 
the only other Christine Love game I've played is Digital Love Story, which was sort of the spiritual predecessor to this one, as she writes on her website. And that game didn't set me up for what to expect from this, because that one is much more like, here is a computer interface, you are going to learn about a narrative through uh, the interface of like 1980s computer tech. And this game starts you off with a really straightforward visual novel, and then kind of like makes you think about like what you're doing, and why you're playing it, and what you like about it, and how you how you treat these these characters who are coming of age in the story and then by the end it kind of like makes you consider you know your whole reason for for loading it up and uh i really i really really liked the back half of it it felt like it took a little bit to get going but it's not a very long game so you know within the like two and a half hours it took i ended up loving it by the end Mm -hmm. Uh, what about you ryan yeah i thought it was really interesting i didn't expect uh i don't know i didn't expect the premise so they do a cool thing at the beginning of the game where it's like all right first day of school and you're like okay i'm gonna be a student and you end up being the teacher uh which i thought was an interesting twist um and then just the idea of like looking at uh your students personal messages uh and having the story progress that way i thought it was really interesting um don't know what to make of the ending quite yet uh probably (laughs) need to process that a little bit um but i think overall it had some really fun characters and some really like i mentioned persona earlier but like going from a game where you basically just like hit x a bunch and character moments sort of happen uh despite like it's very one-sided and it's relationships and then just playing this game and seeing like an actual like relationship develop between like multiple characters uh was really fun to uh watch and uh, it felt earnest in a way that persona games don't typically feel so it's um it's a weird one because yeah like you said you started as this this teacher and the premise like doesn't reveal itself to you obviously because um, it starts by you playing as the teacher and you're introducing yourself to the classroom and you're their English teacher and you're going to teach them about Shakespeare. And so they start setting up all these framing devices in the first chapter of like, you're going to go to class and you're going to teach the class and they're going to, um, you know, before every chapter, uh, he kind of like teaches a lesson about narrative techniques using Shakespeare that ends up obviously applying to the story itself. And you're thinking about all that stuff and you're just kind of reading it and then you start seeing these messages pop up and you're like, wait a minute, I'm seeing messages between characters who I'm not playing as. And then the game tells you that you have like administrative emails you can also check. And one of the emails basically says, uh, like the game at the beginning tells you, hey, this takes place in 2020 something. This is the future. And you forget about that the whole time in the game. I forgot that it was supposed to be like pretty significantly into the future because you know, these kids are talking to each other the way we do. They're on social media and they're privately messaging each other their romances and, and love letters and secrets and drama. And you don't think about it being the future until you get this letter that says basically, hey, in this private school that you're working at to combat bullying, uh, we give you access to every single student's messages, private or otherwise. And you can look at all of them whenever you want in, in an effort to stop them from harassing each other. Um. And so you start to realize, like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, like, reading stuff initially that seems pretty benign. Like, oh, this teacher's hot. And then, you know, the character who says that asks you out, asks the player out. And so you start realizing, like, oh, these the, the messages that I'm reading are, like, teaching me things about the characters. 
and I'm almost like it's almost like I have this weird creepy superpower where I can like predict what these mm-hmm. ki- these kids are going to do and how why they're fighting because I know like everything about their lives. It's very voyeuristic in a way. I think that was the big thing I kept coming back to when I was playing it. Mm-hmm. Um cuz it's like I don't know. What did you what did y'all think about the the whole like did you feel creepy playing it? Did you at some point feel like I'm I'm invading on people's personal lives? Yeah, there's definitely a moment where uh a bit later in the story they get into some rather lewd messages and yep. uh yeah the interesting thing about that is one of the messages in particular is password locked with information that straight up isn't in the game mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. author left it on their blog so if mm-hmm. you it seems to be tying that into the creep theme like if you go to all this work to go to that person's blog grab the name go back in and take a look at that and then what you find is pretty over the line more or less for Mm -hmm. a teacher to be looking at so Mm -hmm. it definitely reinforces through many moments like the student asking you out that things are towing a very uncomfortable area for you more or less yeah and even like <laughs> the te- the student asking you out thing happens the first chapter, so it establishes the tone pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that stuff, that that happening in the first chapter is important though, because it makes you think that this is going to be like a potentially saucy, like risque romance story or something, or like I'm going to have to deal with all these kids making advances on me. Because like the character you play as, J- uh, D- John Rook, is like he's like a hot guy. That's what he is. I like that his name is John a lot. Yeah. Hey, I'm John Rook. Good... Nice to meet you. I'm John. <laughs> um, and, and so you're thinking it's that. And then the game constantly reinforces like different. It makes you think the game is about something and then changes what it is. Because after that, you're thinking, oh, it's a game about voyeurism. And then after a while, you're like, it's a game about me. It's like me, a game about me, the, me, John, me, the player, and how I feel about privacy. And then finally, the end of the game, right after the port, the point that Jennifer just mentioned, the game is like, no, it, it was never about this character. Like, that's why the game is called Don't Take It Personally, Babe. It just ain't your story. The game isn't about how the player reacts to privacy. It's about how privacy changes and evolves um, without our input over time. Like, none of these characters cared that we had all this access because privacy as a concept ceased to exist in this world. I also, but... I thought the character interactions were a lot more interesting than the overall uh sort of message i guess yeah that it sort of gives you at the end of the game i was just like well that's fine i just want to i like these characters watch i like i like the gays i want to see the gays hang out and work through their (laughs) relationship issues and all that stuff because i don't know it just like i said it feels i don't know there's a lack of cynicism there that I really appreciate uh, in terms of how those relationships are depicted that I haven't seen in a while. Um, so I don't know. I didn't really care for the all the stuff around it. Uh, more just the character interactions inside of it, which your fucking main character hates. It's like, why am I dealing with all this personal <laughs> bullshit? And you're like, no, I'm I want teacher. the personal bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
were there characters in that personal bullshit? I'm asking both of you this question that you particularly were just in love with, like from minute one. Like I know a lot of people love Akira because it's hard to not love Akira. He's just really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, him and uh, him and Nolan. <laughs> Again, this game's full of good names. Yeah. Uh, can, we, can we talk about Nolan's icon image because it's really good? His shirt is really good. That like gray with the text. I don't know. It's pretty good. He's um, he's cute. He's charming. I, 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 the moment that I felt like it was getting creepy was when Nolan breaks up or Nolan and uh, Taylor break up, and I was like, oh, I didn't need to know this. This is a lot. Um, but seeing him like fall, him fall for uh, Akira was like really pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, with um, with Nolan, it he has this very nice laid back approach to everything where. He just gets into a relationship because he's really sick of Taylor and he wants to hang out with someone who appreciates <laughs> yeah. it, him. And it kind of blossoms from there in a way that felt incredibly natural to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where he was giving it a shot and over time he came to learn that he felt real affection and it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. And it's sweet in a way that you only learn because you get to see all these messages and like go from him feeling uncomfortable with Taylor to watching the breakup very publicly happen and, and seeing that bandage kind of get ripped off. And then Akira comes in and, and basically provides for him the comfort and the love of somebody who he actually wants to be with. And it's like, I don't know. I was never like romantically involved with anyone in my high school time, but I knew plenty of people that messaged each other the way that those two do. Like their relationship felt very like charming and sweet and awkward, but in a good way. In, in in which in a way that reminded me of like how many all of the people that I knew whether or not they were actually queer uh, in my high school because <laughs> not a lot there weren't a lot so that's, that's the point though right is it's nice to see these characters be openly queer with each other and the whole school knows and it's not a problem and they don't get killed um, you know there's the worry that they're being harassed and that becomes sort of like the conflict of the middle of the game but again ultimately it's not actually as big of a problem as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, you know, it's a relief to have something that chill. It is. Cause, cause we talk on Fireside friends a lot about like, here's let's like look for more stories about queer characters. And then the caveat is like, let's get ones where they don't die <laughs> or they don't get jilted or hurt at the end or something terrible happens. Like, let's just get something where it works out. And we fought, we nailed it. We, we landed on another one. Um, even though, yeah, like I said, the, the whole Taylor thing seemed like it was going to end with... Like, there's a scene where uh, you hear about Taylor, basically, after Nolan breaks up with her, she tells Akira, like, basically, oh, uh, Nolan isn't gay. He um, is, like, being nice to you. And she causes this huge rift mm-hmm. in their relationship. And then, you know, there's all these this plot. And then there's a scene later where the two of them are on a roof. And I really worried that something bad was going to happen there. Um, and then it cuts to you going up to see them on the roof and they're like playing a, vi- a handheld video game together. <laughs> they're like, we're fine. Everything worked out with us. We yeah. talked it out. Yeah. Like it just, the expectations thing. I think I really, I enjoyed that consistently. How did you all handle the, uh, the Charlotte and the, uh, Kendall relationship? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I have a lot. I'll let you go first. Okay, um, 
I mean, I encourage them to get back together because they're adorable and they stay adorable after that. So, because uh, from the way that uh, I think it was, yeah, the way Charlotte talks about Kendall is like, clearly they really love and care for each other, even when it sometimes doesn't work out. Uh, but the way I'm playing this game is like, I want all of the cute couples together. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't just encourage them because it's they're cute it's a cute couple <laughs> yeah i get charlotte's initial worry that oh i'm the person who did the breakup i can't be the one that brings it back together right. but then right you kind of nudge her going no kendall really wants that and then she does the whole cute open the window i love you in the rain <laughs> ah that's so good yeah um yeah they're fantastic kendall is my favorite if in case you were wondering kendall's the my favorite character just her character design, her icon is is relatable. <laughs> it's like <laughs> she's because she's the first character that's like openly openly queer, and they have that really funny line at the beginning where I think it's um a uh, Taylor who has a public post on her wall that's like, "Am I the only person at this school who's not gay?" And it's like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." <laughs> I guess Ariana maybe, but uh, no, you're pretty much it, friend. Sorry, because um, Kendall's like very open, and 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 her and. Uh, Akira had this great relationship even though he calls her bro a lot and that's a little strange <laughs> it's just like hey bro and she's I don't like know. What's up, bro when you encourage them to get together and kendall's like you're a real you're a true bro a true bro thanks <laughs> it's bro. pretty good the bros to bros <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's language a lot of people use just to refer to each other like it's obviously not it's just it's just like they're friendly they're friendly talk uh, this game does also, by the way, nail like young teenager talk really well and dialogue um, in a way that I thought was really good. Just because like they, I played Life is Strange a year ago, and that game is like the antithesis to this whole like here are teens you're gonna <laughs> like. Whereas Life is Strange is like here's some queer teens written by old men, <laughs> old French white men. Like it replaced bro with hella, and then you got life is strange. Right, a little bit of an overuse of bro feels like oh, it's a, they're a little bit awkward. It's fine, but uh, using hella is like you don't know how people talk. <laughs> you do not know. Um, Ready for the mosh pit shaka bra? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, uh, I can't wait until we play Life is Strange on this podcast. No. <laughs> It'll never happen. Uh, yeah, I was really disappointed when this game didn't talk about Final Fantasy The Spiritual Sun. <laughs> I was really bummed out when the ending didn't basically say, hey, do you want the good ending or the non-ending? <laughs> it actually... Yeah. I, I kind of want to bring up choices in this game, too, because um, there are plenty of them. Uh, I don't know how much any of them actually impact things, because like you said, you have an option to basically push uh, Kendall and... Uh, Charlotte back together. Sorry, names are hard. Um, but they have. They also you have the option to be like, no, Charlotte. Like I know for a fact she's gonna do better in school if she's not dating someone, and I'm a teacher. So there's like, you have that option, but I don't know how far you can really stretch things with your choices. Yeah, I don't know either because it ends on chapter like it says six A, right? Yeah. So I, I'm assuming there's a six B. Uh, but I don't. It might be. I don't know like... why he would do it any <laughs> other way. Uh, because also this game makes the point of being like, uh, this school kind of doesn't give a fuck <laughs> what these kids know. Because at the end of the game, you get an email that's basically just like, hey, curve the grades before you send them because we don't want to look bad. 
Right, that was wild. That was like you're wor- yeah, you're yeah. worrying so much about like, oh, I can't make them get too much in love because their grades are gonna slip. And then the game basically again telling you your cho- you don't matter is just like, no, 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 <laughs> they're gonna pass. They're all gonna do well. In fact, if you could grade them well without us having to curve it, that'd be great. Thanks, good teacher. Yeah. Um, academic system criticism of the way yeah. that grades work. The most specific sort of the most specific change that seems to happen. If you play, I if you decide to end up take Ariana up on her offer, you'll end up having a few scenes where you go on light dates together, more or less. And hmm. once you confront Taylor about bullying Nolan and Akira, she tries to use that against you because she knows she goes, "I'm going to report you to the school board, and you'll get fired if you keep being mean to me." Hmm. Oh yeah, because isn't it revealed that she's just like a rich girl, and she sucks, and she's like, I have power, and I can, like, I know, I know stuff, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin your life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the reason that she knows that. about this one is, uh, she ends up covering for Ariana once when you, when she goes to hang out with you, and Ariana and Taylor already have this rapport established where she talks about the relationship between you two, so. She knows a bit more gotcha. just naturally, but yeah, the way that she tries to right. use it to get away with bullying Nolan and Akira is pretty out there. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even, I'm reading it now. You can apparently like, like Ariana, if you keep rejecting her advances, will like come to your house uh, and like come to your house when you're not, when you're sleeping or whatever. She's like a little bit of a stalker, but also like you said, if you say yes early on, then there's like date scenes and awkward almost sex scenes except not i don't know i i wanted to ask y'all about that yeah sorry go ahead oh just the language that comes out of your character's mind sometimes when he's around ariana is more than a little bit uncomfortable but he also knows to brush it off so it never gets too far into that direction so i'm assuming did either of y'all uh like Oh, sorry. Did either of you like? Re- did you just reject her advances from the beginning and never say yes, or did you like say yes at some point? No, I shut that shit down. That's not the game I'm playing right now. <laughs> I ended up saying yes the first time for this playthrough. Like when I played it back in 2011, I think I said no the first time and maybe yes the second time, just because I was. Wor- I get worried in choices like that if I'm not the nicest to everyone that something bad yeah. will happen. Mm-hmm. right we've all played visual novels where like there are fail states and you're like i don't want to somehow hit a fail state in this short game like that'd be really bad um yeah. i so i wanted to bring this out on the podcast i actually ended up saying yes to her in the final moment of the game because uh after the ending reveals that i guess spoilers you should have played the game if you're listening to this podcast uh everybody knows that you're you're reading their stuff and they do that on purpose because in this world nobody has privacy anymore and they don't care um because of that reveal, I was like, she asks you one more time, oh, can you, like, do you want to just try and make this happen? Like, I really like you. You know I do. You know the messages I've sent. I'm going to be forceful with you, and I hope you'll say yes. And I was like, you know what? Like, all I have riding on this is my reputation, and, like, I'm not going to obviously, like, let it go into a dangerous, to a dangerous degree with a minor, but, like, I'll indulge your fantasy a little bit. And that, the only reason I liked that decision was because it leads to my fate, the end, the final line of the game when you do that is brilliant. Uh, Cause I had said no up until that point. 
And I finally said yes. And she goes, all right, fantastic. Like, let's go somewhere. Um, how old are you anyway, Mr. Rook? Like, she finally, like, just asks the question. Because there's always these jokes about, like, he's older than he looks. <laughs> um, and he goes, uh, I can't tell you that. That's still a secret. And she goes, secret? What does that word even mean? And then the game just cuts. <laughs> like, I, I never learned what that word means. Nice. Wow. And then it just, yeah. I was like, yeah, there you go. They tied the themes into the relationship that I was avoiding the whole game. Fantastic. Good work. All around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did y'all feel about the telling Taylor off scene? Because <laughs> it was the best scene in the whole game. It it felt pretty vindicating to finally just tell her, no, fuck you, I'm going to ruin you if you continue on this path. So right. get in line. It's like a power fantasy almost, where you're in a position of power, and you're like staring down the eyes of an abuser, and just get to yell at her for like five minutes straight. It's really good. Yeah, and you just get to keep pushing the line of like, no, we're taking this seriously. Like I'm not, and you get to like basically one of the things is like, good cop, bad cop, <laughs> or let her down <laughs> gently, or really rip into it. And I was like, no, just tell her off. Like this is the worst, horrible shit. I'm gonna tell her to that she's gonna get permanently expelled. And lose all of her scholarship money if she keeps doing this terrible stuff. Like, that was so mm-hmm. satisfying, yeah. And then, you know, you get introduced to Akira's mom, who's the only actually Asian person in this game, I guess. Or, like, that, openly. Because they talk about how she's Japanese and Akira's half Japanese. Um, and she's she's pretty cool. She's just, like, mysterious woman. Again, the game, like, making you think that something is going to go one direction and then taking it the other way. You're like, who's this mysterious lady like calling me on the phone and like asking to do a meeting? And she's like, oh, I'm the mom. My kid was being bullied. Can you make it not get bullied, please? Because I hate <laughs> you need to be better at that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, she's the one that basically breaks it down for you at the end. And you're like, you, the final choice of the game, I think, was, or one of the final choices is you're in the office with her and Akira. And it, your character internally is like, I got to tell them. I've got to tell them this huge secret. I'm, I've been reading their messages. And then I did it. And she's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> I was hoping you were. That's the point. Yeah. It wasn't a secret. I still I don't know how to feel about the ending. I don't know. It's it's really weird for me to buy like oh, this the concerned mom coordinated with all these people to play a prank that to lead you to believe that the student was dead when she actually moved away <laughs> instead of dying. <laughs> like, I don't know. To the weird. point where they hired somebody to play a Shinigami, the like go- ghost yeah. girl. And you're yeah. like, she's, uh, I think Isabella comes to you later and she's like, yeah, that was one of my friends. She's like, I had her dress up in a fun kimono and she scared you. She's not a ghost. She's a person. No, the thing that gets me, it's like, oh, we meant to like cheer you up. Like, no. <laughs> what? I, I guess it was just supposed to be like hazing for the new teacher or something. But it was so elaborate. Like, and my, my question, yeah, is like, why? Like, what was the point of like, making John Rook think that he was like doing something horribly illegal and, and breaking all these rules when really just like we all set you up and we have no sense of privacy. Um, yeah. Even, even Akira starts sending you messages from the perspective that that Shinigami character titled why, why, why in all caps. And yeah, you helped him out earlier. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. Like what the what is the bullying not real? Like what it makes you question like what part of the game wasn't was or wasn't real? Like I don't even know anymore. Um 
I think everything was planned. But then again, it's like, what, why? Like, what is the purpose of, of confusing me so much? Um, this was the point where the game pulls your save from uh, Digital Love Story. And basically, as you're talking to Akira's mom, she says, I work. This is like a dumb bit of like uh, metatextual narrative. She says, oh, I pulled something from the computers. And Caitlin Ibrahim told me that, told me where to find you. Caitlin Ibrahim is your character, is your, my last name with the name of the character you play as in Digital Love Story. So basically the hacker you play as like set this up through the phone systems and stuff or through the, the like social media. I was like, that's kind of neat. <laughs> it was fun to see my name in a video <laughs> game by accident. And I didn't know why, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just seemed so elaborate. It was just, it felt like a twist out of nowhere. Um, I like the theme of, of privacy and how that evolves and how it's going to evolve further over time and how we need to embrace like being open with ourselves online. Cause it's going to happen inevitably. But hinging it on this like one crazy twist uh, really felt out of left field, I think. There's also this weird thing they do where they have three different framing devices. One, as you mentioned earlier, was the one that happens right before each chapter starts where they're teaching concepts like, oh, this is where the big twist will come in. But then you also have this fake 4chan that you are forced to log into every so often. And they talk about various plot twists within the anime that they're watching. And then, near the very end, Akira and Kendall do this shadow play where they explain a bunch of plot twists and eventually they start lining up with you, be- the teacher being the shogunate and looking over the students as his citizens and... yeah. They start winking at you like, oh yeah, we know what's about to happen. And mm-hmm. that makes it seem even more like this whole thing was a social experiment for some reason. <laughs> it's like yeah. some saw shit. Because yeah, every chapter <laughs> ends with you going on 12 channel and you're being basically, or like right before the end of the chapter, they tell you what's going to happen in the next scene in a sort of like um, different, like a subtle hinting way, foreshadowing kind of way. And you're like, what? This feels unnecessary, but really the game has this like master plan. How did you all feel about that 12 chance stuff? Because I was like, <laughs> this like urgent meeting with one of your students is going to come up and you're just going to look at 4chan for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and you have to. The game is like, <laughs> the dialogue is like, I should take, but. F- no, I should really, I should really look at it. Like it's time. Like I should do it. And you can it. click through it and click through it, but it'll just keep looping. Like, no, I should really look. No, maybe one quick look wouldn't hurt. I should really look <laughs> until you click it. Um, and you have to go into 12 channel from a menu so I was like I don't know what the fuck to do like how do I look at this dumb forum <laughs> and then I finally figured it out and I was like oh there's like three buttons in this game I get it now <laughs> and you have to I like, do post. I don't I don't I have enough anime knowledge to make a ton of stuff out from that stuff but I do enjoy the fact that every single forum conversation <laughs> ends with people typing lol over and over again <laughs> That's literally every every single conversation ends like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was probably the most pleasant aspect of those excursions to the forum. <laughs> those um the LOLing reminded me, make it made me think it was just supposed to be like a Greek chorus where like every act the game bumps it like characters that are distanced from the story bump in to be like, huh, things are getting weird. Anyways, ha 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 and then like their LOLing is the sort of like Greek chorus laughing at the 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 story happening beneath them but that's that's a stretch i think just think because the shakespeare connection kept coming back when i was 
playing this. Uh, like for example, like you don't um, you don't re- you don't have the class read Romeo and Juliet because you think that uh, right uh, Isabella kills herself, and you're like, oh, we don't want to talk about two characters dying at the end of the story. Um, so instead, we're gonna read uh, what was the other one that they end up reading? Was the play something regarding a princess disguising herself as a knight? Oh, it was Twelfth Night. Yes. Twelfth Night is really good. Twelfth Night is one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. That's the one with the yeah, with the character pretending to be dead and then yeah, it's actually like very close plot wise to this. Which is huh. a little is it a little cute. Hmm. Um that yeah. Well that's what I get for not being well versed in Shakespeare. Ah whatever. It's like impossible to be well versed in Shakespeare now. You just gotta like watch it. Or if you had a chance to see it in a play, then do that. But Twelfth Night is one of the good ones. I have like the four or five really good ones. Um, mm-hmm. The store, the concepts hold up, but some of the writing is like not whatever. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Shakespeare. Um, I feel like there's other stuff that happened in this game though. But like the thing is, it's it's constantly pulling your attention in like eight different directions, right? Because you're reading the story, and then you're checking the text messages, and you're fo- you're watching like three different text threads go by. And like it, it ends up making the visual novel format like feel really dense gameplay wise. So you're like, oh, I'm I'm like juggling all these story plates. I can't like lose track of anything because they're all gonna matter at some point. Like I need to pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. I will also just all to admit just to say it. Um, I uh, I feel bad to say this. I totally I looked up the password for the pictures. Ah, uh, was it no, worth it? Well, okay. No. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. But the go. game, I, I appreciated that the game was like, yeah, you can look in, because everyone has a profile, right? And they have their names. And her pa- the password is uh, Charlotte's middle name. Her middle name is not in the game. So the game is telling you, you have to use uh, extemporaneous resources to get this. And, and you know, the developer obviously realized that, put it on her blog, and made you go, yeah, you went out of your way to alt-tab, use the internet, and find this. What are you going to find? It's exactly what you thought it was. You're terrible. Mm-hmm. The game just, like, makes you feel like garbage for that. And then there's no consequence, because they don't know, except really they did know. So, like, what's the... <laughs> what were you worried about? You just looked at, like, a picture of a young teenage girl. You should feel bad. And I did. <laughs> I felt terrible. <laughs> yeah, the, the teenage girl bit is, like, the scene in Arrested Development where... Michael opens the bag that says dead dove. Yeah, and yeah, he you're goes, like, so I don't know what I expected. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You're like, I don't know what I expected. These are these are three consecutive pictures of a girl posing naked for her girlfriend. Great. I um I feel like shit. That's such an inappropriate uh connection though, yeah. It's um I don't know. I the I thought the art was I I thought the art was really good. That's <laughs> my shitty excuse. Great. I just wanted to. Good I wanted to. I, it was totally the dead bird thing. Where I was like, "Is it gonna be that? Is it really just? Yeah. Oh, it is." So, in case you were curious, it totally is that. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel bad for looking at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think other other than that, other than sort of like the weirdness of how quickly the plot twist comes at you, the story was incredibly engaging, and I found myself like clicking through so fast by the end. Like, I need to know what's gonna happen with these kids. I want them to all be okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I want all my friends to be okay, and this definitely got has got me wanting to play more of Christine Love's work than Digital Love Story, because I like visual novels more than I like games that rely on too much player input. Like too much player input is like a bad thing when you're trying to tell me a good story. I think mm-hmm. that's why I like JRPGs. 
<laughs> it kind of that kind of boils down that point. Um, but yeah, and I thought it was really pretty, and the music was good. I actually, I usually don't listen to the music in games like this, but most of it was really good and varied. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a really good time. I'm so glad we got to play it. Because you mentioned Jennifer, like this game came out at a time when there weren't a lot of good queer narratives in video games. And basically, yeah. Yeah, like it, it came out at a time where you're like, oh, that that you can just do that. It doesn't have to be weird. No one's like, you know, persecuting them. There are multiple gay characters. Um, nobody dies, actually. Uh, it just feels like, yeah, at the time that it was released, this must have been like a very important game for a lot of people who were coming to understand themselves. Totally. And I wish that more stories like this existed out there because when it's presented this well, it's so much easier for things to just click inside your mind and for you to go, okay, I completely identify with this. This is very similar to who I really am. And I'm going to start working Mm -hmm. towards that. Right. It's easy to identify with something when it exists in your media, in your video games, in your weird indie titles. Uh, And I think that that's super important because yeah, even today you, you would hope that it's like become such a more common thing. And in the very small indie space, like on Itch.io and on, uh, on like different indie platforms, of course I can't think of another one. Uh, you get all the, you'll get all sorts of games like this and and twine games, but for one to come out like this, that was like got a pretty decent amount of hype from a developer who was like in the indie scene, um, like turning a lot of heads. I was like, yeah, there we go. Now it's now it's getting there. We're getting stories that are honest and true coming from good voices. You know. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Akira's coming out a post? Uh, the fact that he comes out and everybody was like, yep, knew it. <laughs> no duh, dude. Very true to life. Yeah. Like, it. that's happened to me both when I came out as gay and then the second time when I came out as trans, people just piped in going, yeah, uh-huh. I kind of figured that out like a year or two ago. <laughs> and you're like, like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, basically his reaction Mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 some it's like framed in the game as like a weirdly big moment at least for him and so yeah. all the characters are like yeah so and then we the player are like yeah it's 2017 dog like good for you you're <laughs> gay Every, it's 2017 and everyone's gay that's the motto of this year um we're all a little bit we're all at least a little bit gay that's not true everybody like half the people i tweet on uh, the words how do people i follow on twitter tweet just tweet i'm gay randomly yeah. sometimes uh so there you go it's like a daily affirmation exactly it's a mantra <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a good time to pull out a question that we received uh from m uh oh by the way if you want to send questions fire uh, no it's not no nope, I, I changed it Remember a couple weeks ago when I said I would change the email address because it sucked? I changed the email address. It's uh, questions at firesidefriends.net. <gasps> so there you go. New email address. It's easier to remember, even though I completely forgot it. <laughs> messed it up the first time. Um, but yeah, this is from M, uh, who says, Hey all, thinking about the game today, uh, sometime after playing it myself thing i'm most stuck on as a weird frustration point is the ways in which the game sets you up uh to and then kind of ridicules you for invading the privacy of the students 
it's a weird mechanic since uh, as far as uh, if, if I remember, the game tells you outright from the onset that you shouldn't look at their posts, uh, but then you do because of course you do. Your protagonist in a visual novel and learning and interacting with the story content is basically your singular charge in the games of the genre. Basically, it's like it makes the game makes you, uh, you know, it comes back around and make you feel like a monster for looking at the post, even though the point of a visual novel is looking like being invested in the characters uh, and uh, just sort of that tension between uh, what the game wants you to get out of like feeling like a voyeur between like how you're actually supposed to uh, play a visual novel. Um, and so there's no like specific question. They just want me to hit on sort of that tension between playing the game and that sort of message that the game imposes on you, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. There are certain points in the game where if you're not lock and step with the progress of the game itself, it will stop you in your tracks. Not even just the 12 chan stuff. It'll say, Oh, I have these blinking messages or I have these chats ready for me. I need to click on them before I can continue. They seem important. So it's definitely in a position where it's hypocritical for them to make you feel bad for doing something that they require you to do. Sort of like how Spec Ops line requires you to do terrible things and <laughs> yells at you bad, for it. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. But I, it, it works a bit better here because it's something more innocuous like reading chat messages. I, mm-hmm. I sort of wish the game had an option where you could just never look at the messages like you realize early on, like, oh, these are private. I'm going to ignore this, even though the game is ta- tantalizing me by doing the little, like, ringtone and putting the number in the corner. Like, if I ignore them, what kind of story do I get out of this game? Except, no, the story is mostly actually told through those messages. You're getting, like, broad plot stuff through the visual novel, and then all the character development happens in the messages. So you don't have the choice, basically, to, to not be a voyeur. And then the game tells you, oh, you're such a terrible voyeur. And you're like, no, that's not. <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> I liked learning about Akira and Nolan. I liked them. I liked Kendall and uh, and reading her, like, internet speak and how she can be awkward in real life. But on the internet, she seems a lot more confident, like so many people. Um, and how Taylor can be very petty, but everyone doesn't feel ashamed to, like, post on her wall and say mean things to her to her, to her internet face. Um and then, like, all the, the cute flirting between, like, Charlotte and Kendall. Like, I liked looking at I did not feel bad looking at that stuff. It was only specifically at the point where I was, like, looking at their photos of, of each other that I felt like I was entering a place that I wasn't supposed to be. Because, like I said, you, had to, you have to use an outside resource. But within the context of the game, like, no, I don't think it succeeds in making me feel bad. It, it tries to make me feel bad, but it did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also near the end, they flat out state that they were almost hoping that you would read some of them so it's one of those Mm. things where it feels bad initially but then you kind of catch on to what the students are doing in regards to performing directly for you and it gets a bit better and that really adds a lot of weight to the fact that you like that must mean that they know that you could see those pictures so that these characters are really open with their personal (laughs) lives is what i'm saying (laughs) they don't give a shit they it's yeah they just they're just like yeah fuck it this is here's my nude pictures for my girlfriend but you can see them they're public basically it's um it's challenging i think 
that part I like, where the game is like, yeah, I want you to take a look at your yourself and realize and think about like what part of this game made you feel uncomfortable reading about and what part were you okay with? You know, like reading their public wall posts about I love you, babe, and like are we going out tonight? That stuff is fine. But when it comes to like awkward, messy breakup drama or personal sexual stuff, is that where you draw the line and like why and how has that changed over when, you know, uh, John was in school? Because he says like Facebook was big when I was in high school, which basically puts him, him in our age range uh, vaguely. Um, and they say like, yeah, it's changed since you were younger. People don't care anymore. People are more open about this stuff. And so maybe the game is trying to tell us like to think about where we draw the line you know yeah uh i like that as an idea i just don't think within the context of the narrative of this game it didn't 100 percent land with me just because again it was so out of left field for all those characters to be doing that stuff and like playing that big prank on you uh so i don't know it just didn't land i mean i i i get the idea of it and I just like that on its face, like in, in writing, I guess, on paper. Uh, but in terms of like the way it is executed in the game as a sort of like gotcha twist, I guess it didn't 100% land. Like it kind of reminded me of Firewatch, but Firewatch actually like lands its ending. Uh, but this felt like, like, I guess people, the way I felt like the way people complain about Firewatch, which was like, oh, this is way too convenient. Here I was like, this is, this is not how these characters would act. Uh, as opposed to Firewatch, like, of course, like, Delilah doesn't show up. Like, here it's like, okay, but why does the concerned mom of the child who is bullied want to play this prank on you where <laughs> this child dies? This, <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand. Uh, so that's kind of where I fell on it. They hired a girl to dress up and make you think she's a ghost and you believed it. <laughs> like it's like embarrassing. Like really, what a stretch, man. Video yeah. game. Video game man. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so ugh. I I didn't we but we all liked it overall though, and we're glad we played it. Yeah. yeah that's what matters. I like that. Uh I, I think it's valuable to consider this stuff in the, the day and age we live in, like we have so much information to share and like how much of it is worth sharing. And why do we feel hesitant about some things over another? Like that's all, that's all very relevant today. Even though this game is six years old. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, even though it takes place a decade from where we are right now, some of that has already come to pass, especially on Twitter. There's the sense that being as open as possible for various aspects of yourself on Twitter can benefit you from time to time and it's this act of basically sharing yourself to the world that in the hopes that they see something that they like and continue to interact with you more or less Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of twitter is about like or just social media now is like i'm gonna put on this face of honesty and truth like how much can i give out without like it hurting or being like actually difficult for me to share this much where where's my own line that I want to give to people? Um, yeah, that's a very good point. I think that stuff is constantly coming back in in our personal lives and our real lives. Is that it? That feels like a good note to end on to me. I think so. All right, we're gonna do plugs. We're gonna go to the plug zone. I've never called the plug zone <laughs> on the show before, but I guess, guess that's what I called it. I usually call it housekeeping. Uh, and I used to put music into it, but that's a lot of work. So now we just call it plugs. 
uh jennifer thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this cool game with us no problem it was a lot of fun and uh if you ever come want to come back on and talk about clue we could totally do that oh yeah that movie is amazing <laughs> uh where can people find you and your work so aside from two freelance articles i wrote one for waypoint and one for paste magazine most of my work is on scanlinemedia.com the site i run with a friend called colin detmar we do podcasts uh videos articles and whatever's basically on our minds right now in either games or tv or whatever and we also have a patreon if you like what we do at patreon.com slash scanline media and uh yeah that's about where i am right now as it is awesome and we'll have links to all that stuff in the description so you can check all that stuff out uh alan how about you where can people find you? Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Alan Ibrahim, which is my name. It's spelled A L L E N I B R A H I M. I feel comfortable, like we all do, sharing our full names online in certain <laughs> spaces. You know, that's our little thing. <laughs> that's where we're willing to pull back the curtain. Uh, I can also, yeah. if you want to hear more of my voice and me talking about things, I can be found on another podcast called Chats, a television podcast. Um, it's found wherever you listen to podcasts. We are about two thirds of the way through watching Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I host it with my friend Magellan, and it's a lot of fun. We do it weekly. Um, uh, Ryan, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Talk Detective. Uh, I'll be linked to some work in the future. <gasps> I'm interning at a publication, and uh, I'm working on some articles, so look out for that. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find most of my stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, Fireside Friends is part of the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network. Uh, check out the other podcasts on the network, including Abnormal Mapping, which is Jackson and M's uh, video game podcast, Second Officer Slog, which is the Star Trek podcast, Goose Zone, which is Jackson and Destiny's Mental Health podcast, and also the Amory Score, which is a ridiculous uh podcast about coin cambria and the lore and the comic books and all of that stuff uh so check all that out uh they're good shows and i like being part of a network full of cool stuff and uh that'll do it for us um yeah so how do i end the podcast <laughs> uh <laughs> thank you so much for listening to five friends good luck out there i'm gonna take care of what is that <laughs> i don't want to give you, you the correct that? take that's why i mumbled it because i want you to do it Thank you so much for listening to Fireside Friends. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourselves. Okay, uh, so thank you so much for listening to Fireside Friends. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. And I'm not going to edit the, the one you said, because that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Right, bye. Bye.